Welcome to Reentry Stories, a new podcast from WYSO. I'm Mary Evans. Every week we feature conversations between people who were once in prison. When we return to the community, we often have trouble finding jobs, housing, education, and mental health services. Every year in Ohio, more than 22,000 people are released from prison, 1,500 in Montgomery County alone. All the people in our series have taken part in either Sinclair Community College's Advanced Job Training Program or the Dayton Collaboratory's X-Factor Initiative. Today we meet Letitia Ellis and James Clay. Letitia went to prison right after high school and participated in the Sinclair program, which helped her discover her passion for poetry. James went to prison much later in life and honed a passion for public speaking by ministering to other incarcerated men. He continues to do this as a mentor at the Dayton Collaboratory X-Factor Initiative. How you doing, everybody? My name is James Battle-Tested Clay. Hey, everybody. It's your girl, Letitia Ellis. And we are here to talk about being restored citizens and how prison life has affected us and those that are around us. We hope that our stories help, encourage, and inspire. Tell us who Letitia was before, during prison, and who she is now. When I got incarcerated, it was just after I graduated high school. So I hadn't even reached a certain maturity yet for my brain to grow to be even know who I was as a person. So when I went to prison, six years in there, I went from being 20 years old to 27. The person that Letitia could have been after high school and what would I have done, I don't know who she is. You know what I mean? Because prison happened. What was that like for you, your identity? Very different than <laughs> yours. I was 40 years old when I went to prison, already being well-established, knowing who I am. I had seven children. So well-established, I was uh, coaching, I was lifting, I was a Marine. So I had all these strong attributes. And to go to prison at 40, when I walked into one of the dorms in Chillicothe, there were guys there that I had knew, known that went to prison. And when they walked in the door, they just hollered, Coach! My, I didn't have that type of lifestyle before prison. You know what I mean? Like I said, I, would, I was in high school. But I just realized, like, prison is meant to break you down. They, they did it. They did it. They did it in their own way because, once again, I was just this kid. So they broke me. They did. But it was up to me to figure out how did I want to be rebuilt, to let them build me or me build me. The funny thing is people think prison rehabilitates people. It could teach you to be a better criminal. Like, you were telling me that you have the gift of gab, and you used to use it for bad out there, and then it taught you to use it for good. I learned I had the gift of gab, and I was like, oh, I can finagle this. I can figure out how I can get this from the cafeteria to my unit without getting in trouble. You know what I mean? And like for the beginning, I was a kid. You know, I'm having fun. I have no job, no bills to pay. I'm 21. I'm in prison. I'm gay. So there's girls everywhere. It's not like that. I don't want anybody to think like it. It's not a smorgasbord. I'm not. No one goes to prison and be like, oh, women. Like, no, y'all, that's ridiculous. If you think that, God bless you. So I kind of soiled my wild oats in there. Like, I got in trouble. You know, I went to the hole. I got into some fights. And then I was just like, okay, now that part's done because I'm going to be an adult. And I am going to leave. How do I control my anger? How do I deal with this man who is six foot five, who is telling me to get back in my box? How do I still handle this with such dignity that when I leave prison, I am not as broken as they made me? So how do I let myself not become bitter and angry and mad at the system? Make myself shine through this. So I became a, I, I found out I could write poetry and turns out I'm okay with it. 
turns out I'm all right. I know you've done a lot of speaking. Yeah. And so I was wondering, could you elaborate on that? On so, especially since you've done a lot of work since you got now. My gift and talent is words. And if mm-hmm. you're in the streets or in your prison or in the hood, it's called the gift of gab. Being able to talk, understanding that communication makes us a community. I didn't realize how powerful my gift was how powerful my words of influence was. And, you know, God blessed me with this voice. And it was real puny. I was a little puny kid. And when I joined the Marine Corps, they used to make us yell a lot. The yelling, the yes, sir, and the simplify. And, and my vocal cords became a lot stronger, which made, you know, and then my voice changed. So I got this really deep, strong voice. I can yell and people 300 yards away can hear me. I used my gifts and I, you know, I was very charismatic and I could, you know, talk the game to the women and <laughs> work my way around my teachers or or, you know, in the military to just work and get what I want. But everything that I was saying had no weight to it. There was no validity to it. I was just talking because I knew how. And this is the thing. Our gifts and talents, our character needs to measure it with our gifts and talents. And what's crazy, we're born with these gifts and talents, but it takes time for that gift to mature to reach our character. Prison did that for me. And being a part of the Horizon Prison Initiative, I got an opportunity to interact with over 500 men through this program, and we lived together. So every year was like I was like a, a counselor, or we we were called encouragers, and you lived with these guys, and then they would graduate, and then another whole new set would come in, and you would learn their issues. And, and it wasn't me helping them. It was us helping each other because those 500-plus men prepared me for walking out here on the street. Yes. There's a lot of good people who made mistakes because of a drug addiction, because of an alcoholic addiction, because of a misconception or not knowing they're breaking the law. There's so many laws you can't even you can't even imagine. And I'll be looking at people now, you know you're breaking the law. You know you're breaking the law. You could go to prison for that. Huh? Yeah, you can do three years for that. Yeah, you can do five years for that. You can do 20. I Really? So I'm trying to educate people, and I want society to know I was that coach. I was that teacher. I was that guy in that position, teaching, speaking before prison, and I went to prison. You can too. And then when you come back, so stop pointing fingers and let's help rebuild our community, our society. And my story is this one. I said, do you want this person to come back and you want to engraft them into your community and help them and make them a part of you? Or are you going to isolate them and make them go back to doing what they need to do or know to do? It's up to the community to decide how this happens. So stop watching Orange is the New Black. Stop watching Oz. Stop watching all these prison movies and thinking that that's real life because it's not. Look how many people have went to prison and came back and started businesses and are great citizens and they're great community activists and they're doing all these wonderful things. I got a book. But most people don't even know it because we're still we're still ashamed. I love what you said. I'm not proud that I went to prison, but I'm not ashamed that I'm not. And people come to me all the time and said, man, you takes a lot of courage for you to stand up in front of all these people and say that you were a felon. But where's the story of redemption? Don't we like that story that this person came from nothing? They had it all and they lost everything. Ain't that what life's about? You know why we don't forgive other people? Because we haven't forgiven ourselves yet. We have to tell somebody. It's like coming out in the 1800s as a, as a gay person. I'm a felon. You know, because if you don't tell them you're a bad person, don't mm. let your gift get lost in your glory. Mm. This goes to say you have to be careful because you're going into a prison. You're allowed to be vulnerable, but you're not allowed to be fooled. So vet the people that come with you. We're not drowning in a pool, people. We're not reaching out. Please, please save us. We're not here to be saved, but we're here. We are here to help direct us. You can direct us. 
Some of us don't even know the path that we're on. Don't make our path your path, but show us that there is somewhere else to go. It's not how much you do. It's why you do what you do. It's the intent behind your your giving. Mm -hmm. Like you said, we don't need saved. We need served. Mary, to give us an opportunity (laughs) to let our voice be heard that this is forever. 500 years from now, somebody may dig up an archive and they pull out this this (laughs) this clip and we change somebody's life because that's my mission and purpose and goal is. And see, you said change, not save. And, you know, to help that person realize the best version of their self. Thank you. Thank you. That was Returned Citizens, James Clay and Letitia Ellis. James is an active ministering member of Grace United Methodist Church in Dayton, Ohio, and Letitia's poetry has led her to win a few Dayton Poetry Slams. I'm Mary Evans, producer of Reentry Stories. This series is a collaboration between WISO, Sinclair Community College, and the Dayton Collaboratory. Funding support comes from Sinclair and the Eichelberger Center for Community Voices. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear. To hear more entry stories, subscribe to our podcast at WISO.org or your favorite podcast app.